This is The One Podcast with Andy Murphy and Gavin Jones. Right, Gav, we're live. Are we, are we, is, it, is it actually happening? Well, we're live and we're being held captive in, in a cellar. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the coolest place ever, isn't it? I, I love places like this. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, I felt like it. I was like four years old again, going, wow. Look at this. I've, I've just got a feeling in the next room along, there's like a, a, a well, and at the bottom of the well, there's a woman with a little poodle dog. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the phrase? She, she puts the oil. Anyway. It rubs the lotion. That's the one, yes. Wow. So, uh, how are you, Gav? I'm, I'm very well, but we've just been in the car for half have, an hour, so yeah, you okay. know I'm well. You're so. looking very fresh. You've had a busy week. Uh, I'm just feel exhausted at the moment. You feel exhausted, but you look fresh. Okay. Thank you. Just you. How are you, mate? Just contradict me. I'm fine. How's, how's I'm life fine. on the road? Life on the road is good. Um, lots of weddings, lots of events, all that sort of thing. You know, half term was a bit heck, and uh, but you do what you can do, don't you? Really? You're yeah. Superman, aren't you? Well, we try our best. <laughs> so here we are. We're in a recording studio in um, in Di- Mills? New Mills. With the very amazing Michael Langley, who's uh, very kindly agreed to come on the podcast. So, hello, Michael. How are you? Hello, very well, thank you. So, we we know Michael through weddings. Don't mention weddings. We are not talking Shh. at all about weddings today, <laughs> are we? We're not going to mention. Well, there may be some sort of wedding mentioned at some stage, but we're not going to. No, because we want to talk to him about um, the other passion in his life. I'm guessing, which is music, and the fact that he's a very celebrated musician and music composer <laughs> in my own lunchtime <laughs> well, well you've just told us you're big in south africa so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's paint a picture we're here in the studio recording studio and dance it there's like 18 guitars here to my right there's there's a slide guitar there's various keyboards he's got and a vocoder so you know he's serious has he <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. What's a vocoder? Oh, I to do something on that later. Yeah, what, you don't it? want to ever hear. Oh, is that, that a thing where you <laughs> is that a thing where you speak and it changes your it voice? Changes your a bit voice, like yes. Daft Punk. Um, yeah, of course. Okay, so so where do you want to start with your questions? You've got loads well, of questions, yeah, I mean, or you've got uh, we we we've got some mixture of questions. Quite quite well on this because I wrote all my questions and you were like that. Great, that's nothing that I'm going to ask him. So okay, that's great. So I mean, I just wanted I I, I actually I'm really excited about this because I don't really know an awful lot about you. So I've got questions that I think that I want to know the answers to. Cool, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, where, where have you come from musically? You know, what, what's your background? Did you, as a kid, let's go right back. When did you first pick up an instrument? What was your aim? How, you know, how did it develop? Right, well, uh, sort of music interest started way before I ever picked an instrument up. And it was it was mostly stemmed from uh, well, my dad's record collection more than anything. Uh, but my dad had these incredible speakers that he spent an absolute fortune on. Apparently he got in quite a lot of trouble with my mum about this because it was like a month's mortgage or something like that. And they were unbelievable. They were probably about, I don't know, about four or five. And I would sit in between them and just play vinyl. And it was amazing. And I just, I was transported inside. But it was... The vinyl that played was whatever mum and dad had. So it was uh, there was Hendrix stuff, there was Queen stuff, there was a, the Grease soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> Jimi uh, Hendrix to Grease, that's quite really all sorts. Music, though, it the it was amazing. Really, yeah. really well written and stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and as a very young kid, I was I was kind of pretty convinced that these little people lived inside the speakers. <laughs> so big, um, they didn't. Uh, but but it was it certainly sort of started this awareness of sound and where it came from and I, you know i remember I mean, particularly with older vinyl you kind of don't get it so much now which is a bit of a shame but um 
if you listen to like early ACDC stuff, you would just hear Angus on one side, Malcolm on the other side, and it was amazing. If you had your little balance control, you could get rid of one of the yeah, guitar I remember, players. I that, yeah, just incredible. We call that phasing. The monkeys, uh, the monkeys did, did a lot of that. Panning, really, yeah, just right. yeah, because it was just so hard panned, like left and right, you could literally just get rid of them. Beatles records were very much the same as well, so it was just sonically like really interesting. Uh, but it was just this amazing little world that I would sit in between uh, as a little kid, and then kind of like fr from then, we we had a lot of like we used to go on loads of caravan holidays as kids, and I used to spend an awful lot of time just sat in the car listening to cassettes. No. So we <laughs> so we had also we had Queen's greatest hits in there, which I loved. So I got really involved with that. Uh, and oh, I mean, even like Cliff Richard and stuff like that. There was some like, like there was a lot. That's of the really way music should good, be. If there's something sounds. you like, regardless of who it is, there's a lot of snobbery about yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but the, if you like the tune, you like it. Devil Woman, Cliff Richard, come on, it's a tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved a Wired for Sound. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was Wired for that, Sound. That was my was eight-year-old jam. <laughs> it <was> incredible. <laughs> um, but it's uh, you know, like if people ask me, oh, what kind of music are you into? It's like. There's, there's no answer to it. It's like whatever blows your skirt up is my yeah. answer to it. <laughs> so it's uh, it could be anything. You know, I mean, listen to Katy Perry with the kids because it's great. It's really beautifully constructed pop music. Yeah, brilliant. Beautifully Love produced. Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, all those kind of it's, artists it's, are brilliant. It's fantastically done. Nice, it's clean, fun. Beautiful. Mm. I've got this like funny love for country music just because of the way it's produced. I just it's just immaculate stuff. So what what was the first perfect. instrument that you kind of picked up and, and started to play? Uh, it was a little keyboard. So my uh, we Casio. Had the, uh, yeah, it was a Casio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a sampler as well. So it was like the like one of the very first versions. This like pre Prodigy and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and it had these like funny little pads on it. So. So kind of the first experiments with music were mostly recording yourself. It had a little built-in mic, so you'd record yourself more often than not burping or farting. <laughs> and then you could just transfer it to the keys and play it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. We used to have so much fun. That's so, uh, and it that's had a few so. filters on it and stuff like that. There was a reverse filter, so you would you know, say something into the keyboard, reverse it, and then learn what the reverse said record that then reverse that and see if you can learn how to speak backwards <laughs> just all this weird that's weird quite stuff. advanced that isn't it for your first it was great yeah and that was probably about like 10 years Casio old keyboards. i had one and it didn't do any of that shit. <laughs> yeah mine had a demo button which i just pressed and just stood and there watching it play, yeah. yeah and you pretended to play hey, look at this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it was a tiny little thing like, no way probably about that that's amazing I've, I've got a mate who's a, a tv composer and stuff as well and he's still got his uh, from when he was a kid, he's wow. like in his studio, still, still functioning, uh, and it was amazing. So that was kind of like just discovering that kind of thing, and it had demo tunes on it, and that they so you could slow them right down and just like attempt to get a few notes out of it. It was pretty tragic stuff to be honest, <laughs> but uh, but it was more this just interest in sonics and stuff mm. like that, and, and you know and what you could play with. Um, and then pretty much around the same time, I got a little cassette recorder. So I would, uh, I used to record movies. So we recorded Ghostbusters, like the entire film. I would just put it next to the TV, recorded the whole thing, and I'd listen to it in bed. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and you could just, like, the, the music is just incredible for that mm. film. It's just 
like one of the best I lo- film I lo- schools I love ever. That, it's fantastic. That, that's so cool. And can you remember the first tune that you ever kind of properly learnt on a keyboard or piano? Um, Green sleeves. Yeah, I mean, not on not on keyboard. Like the the guitar thing was. I mean, that's that's stemmed out of. Uh, I had this kind of like interest to play guitar, so I would do the air guitar thing, like as kids do, uh, you know, with the tennis racket or whatever it was. Probably not a tennis racket for me, to be honest. Um, Squash. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was this desire to have a guitar, but it was it, it was something that Megastars had. So it was like, well, you know, I had no idea how to access that kind of thing. I didn't know anyone who had a guitar or, you know, I'd, my dad had one when he was a kid. I knew that, but there was, uh, you know, I, I never asked for one or anything like that. And, uh, and, and my first day at high school, so this is like 1987, they uh, they passed around a few instruments around the class just to see what you thought about some glockenspiels and stuff like that and <laughs> maracas and well now the night before <laughs> Guns N' Roses Paradise City had been on top of the pops and I'm sure I'm remembering this correctly because it was definitely my entire thought process to get into playing the guitar was based solely on this thing so. Because I loved Jimi Hendrix and Brian May from Queen and stuff, I always, you know, I had this desire to play the instrument. So the night before I'd seen the Paradise City video, and I'm pretty convinced the BBC put the wrong version of the video, because there's a section in it where Slash starts belting into a solo, and then it cuts to the crowd, and a woman flashes her breasts. Now, right at that moment, I was like 11. It's like, <laughs> oh, that happens, does it? <laughs> So if you play the guitar, you get that. Ah, okay. And I thought, okay, this is amazing. So I'm thinking about that <laughs> like constantly <laughs> in this music class, and, it, and an electric guitar comes around, and I just touched it, and uh, the first thought in my head was boobs. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> that this equals boobs. I have got to play this thing. Crikey! Uh, and it was it was the most god awful guitar you've ever seen. It was yeah. awful. Uh, th- I think everyone nicknamed it the spoon. It was called because it had a it had this weird whammy bar which looked like a teaspoon. Right. <laughs> it was uh, just awful, unplayable trash. But it was the most magical thing I'd ever held, and I thought, oh, I've, I've got to do this. So, uh, so I went home, told my parents, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a guitar player. Right. And your first guitar was an electric guitar. No. Ah. It, it was uh, it was given to us by a. Family friend, they'd found one in the attic. It was uh, it was a hideous acoustic guitar which had, I think it had two strings on it, and it and it had two strings for quite a long time, and it also had this like uh, like extended kind of steel bass plate with hearts on it, wow. <laughs> like hearts sexy. Out. And you know, my parents never said this to me, but I, I kind of always got the feeling that they they thought, well, if you can take that to school and play that and show your friends this rubbish guitar with hearts on it <laughs> and stick to it then we'll know you're committed <laughs> yeah, yeah and then yeah. we'll buy you a decent one at, yeah. yeah okay so so i think you know like my first tune was probably old mcdonald had a farm or something like that tune yeah great great track that's amazing <laughs> Oh, but kind of then, you know, from from then I'd, I would just sit at home with these two strings, and and I would just play music, and then just 
try and match what I heard. So it was usually like vocal melodies more than anything. Uh, and then when I got some more strings on the guitar, I, I, I got a chord book. So it was like, okay, let's learn a few like basic chords here. And, and very soon I sort of felt like I'd surpassed the guitar class at school. It was like, well, you, you're not giving me what I need here. Yeah. You know, I'm, they're all old MacDonald had a farm and like, She'll be coming around the mountain, and wow. and, and you're still thinking about boobs at this, and you're not getting any I, boobs while playing. Old I, I'm on, I'm on I mean, if you are, boobs, then it's kind of weird, and I want to go to that club. Yeah, wow. like well, but by this point, I've got I've got the Appetite for Destruction album. It's like yeah, yeah, I'm I'm at home. Slack. You ought to be slack, Well, diving you, around. With you keep this me, you keep mentioning <laughs> boobs there. I just want to go yeah, back yeah. to the song. Uh, take me down to Paradise City. The 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 line is take me down to Paradise City, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Now, Slash, Slash hated that line. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so he wanted to change it to where the girls are fat and they got big boobies. Hey, hey, so that's that's a, an, a completely uninteresting fact. Slash changed the word boobies. From, <laughs> well, it says titties, but I didn't want to say that, but I've said well, it now. Well, you've said so, it now, so, so we're all right. Uh, we'll just put the little E next to yeah. the thing. You're right. I remember getting very excited when I found out like, uh, Slash is from Stoke-on-Trent, isn't he? What? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said, yeah. No. Yeah, what? Yeah, he was born in Stoke-on-Trent. Oh, wow. I wish this was live. I, I think he get people to text in. That it's, that's true it's, or not. it's true, honestly. We, he's we not can from Stoke-on-Trent. We, we can no wiki way. it. <laughs> uh, I think his oh, mum was a his mum was a costumer for like Bowie and stuff like that. Um okay. But they were like based over here initially before they went over to like wow. He's from Stoke. He's a Stokey. He's he's a Stokey. Yeah, don't you? Uh, so so how then yeah you see right so it says he was born in Hampstead London but he lived in Stoke right okay <laughs> I didn't even realise I'm saying he's yeah. a stoker I'm saying he's a stoker so <laughs> so you've got your guitar and you're learning all these songs yeah. Um, I'm interested to find out because I'm not a musician does playing guitar transition into being able to play the piano or yeah, is it absolutely. two separate yeah it was so it was like many, many years on the guitar for a start. Um, I, I started teaching guitar like quite early on. Um, I think it was, uh, I was about 15 when I started teaching. Right. Well, uh, you, you were teaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, 15. Yeah, so I had a, a couple of students and that kind of like built up uh, to quite a few after that. But it was, uh, you know, you only have to be one lesson ahead of the person you're teaching. So that's, if you can always stay ahead, there's always something to show someone, yeah. so. So it's fine. And then, yeah, so the, uh, I stuck in that for ages. And um, a teaching job came up at a, uh, a college. North Area College? It was North Area College in Stockport, yeah. Interesting, okay. Sadly, no longer there. <laughs> I mean, if it was there, I'd probably still be teaching now, to be honest, because I, I loved it. Um, so, the, so the post was for head of music, which was just insane. I, d I didn't have a degree or anything like that, nothing. You know, I just uh, I worked in and out of studios and I taught. And I... So, so what age are you here? 17? No, 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 no. Uh, so this is like, oh, I'm in my 20s now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that like those in-between years were playing with bands, teaching guitar, session work, yep. uh, musicals, stuff like that. You know, I did the Rocky Horror Show for, God, Jesus, about 10 years. I don't know, something like that, which was great. You know, and it, it was... Uh, it's a weird experience. I bet you've got some like interesting that. stories from being in the pit uh, of a yeah. musical. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, like well, one of the weirdest <laughs> things is like never seeing the show. Because you've no you, your backs to it. Yeah, every so often you'll see a leg kick 
kick out. <laughs> and, then, and then that's about it. That's kind of your view. But there's a lot of debauchery goes on in pits. Does it not make more sense? Yeah, either? yeah. Because it, it's, it's mind-numbing. It's, it's every week you become second nature. You don't have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, so it, was, it was funny because you, cause you're playing the same thing over and over yeah. again. So you so you work yeah. on score at first. Then after a bit, you know it so well. You don't even look at yeah. it. And then you start to say liberties with stuff. And then when you say liberties, <laughs> it throws the cast off. Yeah. And you get told off by your MD and then you've got to go back to the pages again. And it's, you know, like the final shows are the greatest ones because you're like, you don't well, care. we're going to rock and roll end every song. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. So, it, so it, your, it's good fun. So yeah. your time as a music tutor at North Area College, how was that? I believe you've had some kind of uh, funny and um, rememberable, memorable <laughs> moments from those days. <laughs> from, uh, from teaching at the college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I lied my way into the job for a start. Good man. Um, I like that. So uh, that takes balls. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was pretty good. I, th- I thought I really want this. I thought I want to do this because I enjoyed private teaching. That was great. But to have like a class full of people, and because I'd come out of the musicals and stuff, so it, it was teaching musical theatre. So I thought, right, I, I can do this. I've got friends who do it as well. If I get a bit stuck, I can talk to them. Um, so the interview went great. Everything was brilliant. The uh, head of drama was walking me back to my car and uh, I got in the car and he tapped on my window. Let's wound it down. Now this is this is just before the summer break and I'm due to start in September. Mm-hmm. So I've got like six weeks before I'm starting the post. Yeah, and he just says, oh, we didn't ask you. You play piano, don't you? And I just say, yep, and drove off. I didn't. And you never touched the piano? No. no. I, 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 I touched, cool, I touched really. it as far as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know how to play it. So, so you I had, had six, six weeks, weeks to learn and how did that go? Because I'm trying to learn at the minute, and it's it's great because it was hard. It was mostly transferable knowledge. You know, I mean, I play piano like a guitar player. So that is, I find that so like on, then, you know because there was, you know, like that like a pianist would play a a C major chord like that. Yeah, yeah, but because I'm not a pianist, <laughs> I would construct the chords like a guitar player would construct them so i'd get the note on top instead of at the bottom so it just made everything easier to reach uh so i just transferred everything i knew from the guitar so every time like even when i started the job and we were playing stuff you know i'd have like sheet music in front of me but i'm reading guitar boxes i'm not reading the wow piano part and i'm just transferring it so i listen to the track and i go okay and that's pretty much what it's doing and then i'll just transfer it you know, that, you know, as a song like, like Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, you know. Uh, Do you sing Bohemian Rhapsody? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can sing the, the, the first bit until he goes can up. We, can we have a bit of Bohemian? Oh, look at that, beautiful. Goes way too high. Mama. Are you singing it? It just kills Too early in the morning for me to sing. Na, 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 na. Skin, 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 skin. So Beautiful. what I'm doing there is I've learned how to play that by listening to the song, but then also just from the sheet music, just looking at the guitar boxes. So it just says B flat. So a B flat chord. So I'll go, okay, all right, I can play that because I know what notes are in that. And big, then big chord, isn't and it? And then you think, okay, like what's what's going on in, in that part? And then you just learn those notes, you know, uh, and. The hard bit is putting the octave on it. <laughs> That's quite tricky. 
Uh, and, it, and it was all just by ear, and that's... Incredible. Because it, it, it's pretty much how I play guitar as well. It was all by ear. It was just, like, listening to stuff and desperately you trying music? to copy it. Yeah, yeah. You can read music. I, I can do it. I, I write... I physically write music faster than I read it, which is a really weird way around <laughs> to do things, but it's, you know, it's a, it's just like learning a, another language. language. Mm. Um, it's, it, it seems like the hardest thing in the world to me. I look at cheap music and I think, Christ, how can you do that? On yeah. The fly? Whilst playing an instrument, whilst singing, maybe. It's how just the hell do you do that? But it's a lot to take, lot to take in, isn't it? I don't know whether yeah. we've skipped, but I wanted to ask you, did you do the in a band trying to get signed thing? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So yeah. Where, when did yeah. that come? Yeah, every single band that I was in, we were destined so to. So while you were doing fame. your teaching, you were in a band? <laughs> um, no, I didn't play in any bands while I was teaching. So that it came all, afterwards? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but also before as well. So I was okay. in like a metal band. I played in a band with like a singer-songwriter, and that's that was with Johnny. Uh, uh, various other bands. Johnny Draper. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out. Always gets a mention, doesn't Johnny it? Johnny Draper. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like water. Never, he gets he's always water. in our thoughts. Yeah. Isn't he? Bless him. <laughs> So go on, yeah. Uh, so like my very first band was, I think it was 14, and we played the very first Red Nose Day uh, at the high school. And we were called, uh, if, if I can swear, we were called... Do it. I Don't Give a Fuck was the name of the band, which went down really well with all the teachers. <laughs> I really loved that. So we played in the drama studio on Red Nose Day, uh, a lunch break, and most of our songs were just ridiculous comedy songs. Uh, there was one called <laughs> I've Got Superman on My Underpants. Uh, there was a I Want to Be a Ribena Man, which was like a punk rock Very thing. Monty Python. Yeah, it was great, yeah. There was one about Neris Hughes, but I can never remember the title of it. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. So we did like all these ridiculous songs, and then we did uh, Epic by Faith and the Morning wow. as well. <laughs> it was like the only like song we actually knew which was like a serious track i guess uh and it was amazing we were absolutely convinced we were destined for fame uh, <laughs> at 15 why not yeah so that, was that so was that the only band you were in but or were you did you have another one after that yeah was... and other ones after that just like <laughs> in and out of several different bands and um you know, they're quite often with the same drummer. It's uh, you know, drummers are like gold dust yes, sometimes. Yeah. You've uh, uh, particularly like drummers with cars. Uh, amazing. <laughs> that was uh... practically honestly. <laughs> that makes so much sense yeah. to me. So I played in a number of bands with a with a mate called Chris, who's uh, you know a, just a, a fantastic drummer, a pro possibly one of the loudest drummers I've ever heard. I mean, we spent years just changing rigs and. You know, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna have to get a Marshall stack. No, that's not enough. I need to add another four by twelve. No, he's still louder. Like, what? What's going on? Like, can we just give him brushes? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was just insane. But he's, you know, he's a really beautiful guy. He's great, and I, and I played in loads of bands with Chris. From, you know, I knew him as a kid anyway. He like lived over the back from me, and uh, I, I found out that he, he played kit. So it was. Uh, Want to be in a band? <laughs> Should we have a go? So we'd sort of like jam together at school mm. and stuff, and then it uh, and it led on, and, and even to like bands that I was in in my late twenties and stuff was still with Chris. You know, we, we like toured and stuff. Do, do you miss the long hair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh, honestly, like my my daughter was talking about moshing last night. Wow. Uh, so we uh, 
So we put some Slayer on. We just asked her, like, set up, play some Slayer, and she was just going mental around the kitchen. Uh, and it was great. So, so uh, you know, she'd do that for a bit, and she'd go, you used to have a long hair, didn't you? Yes. Before children. <laughs> <laughs> then with each child, it just <laughs> fell out. <laughs> and it just goes and goes and goes. And, uh, you should totally grow it back. Yeah, I, I loved my long hair. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. So I how, and you really so feel like... He's got a tear in his eye. He's got a tear in his eye. He's got a misty in here, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> did you... Um, do you, you should have played the music. Uh, he's got one of his jingles. Go on, play it quick. Are we going to play about his, um, about his hair? Oh, yeah. You can't hear that, can no, you? No, not at all. <sighs> 18 inch head all the way down to his shoulders it used to blow in the wind on a summer's day it was just a beautiful thing um, sorry so the other thing so you, you're in a band did you, how close did you yeah, I, I heard you say we were on tour how close did you get did you get a full record deal yeah. how close did you get to no, all it, it, it was the weird. same we, thing how, how we, close did you get to we, that we never got a record deal like at all and yet we we recorded you know our, like my own gear back then so we, we could record our bass player was he's uh, he actually does um uh, special effects for tv and stuff like that but he did an awful lot of film editing so he had cool cameras and stuff like that so uh he uh so he would shoot videos for us so we could like sort of release stuff ourselves so we got bits and bobs of radio play like um uh clint boone's show oh on, yeah um, boone army yeah 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 so it, he played a couple of tracks uh there was a BBC big screen in Manchester for ages, which rotated one of our videos for months and months. And uh, yeah, we just managed to get on these pretty cool little things. So so it kind of culminated. We played the snowbombing festival in Austria. Oh, I've always wanted to go to snowboard because I'm a massive snowboard. I love snowboarding. Oh, so good. Snowboarding's <laughs> <laughs> like Glastonbury, but in the mountains when you snake ski. Yeah. That sounds, yeah, I think it, I've seen that actually. Yeah. It's like, it looks like the most incredible thing. And I, I think we played before <laughs> Just Jack, if you remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. And I think the. I think editors were on that one as well. I can't remember who was on on the bill for it, but uh, it makes it sound like we hobnobbed with these people. We didn't. <laughs> we uh, we had a pizza with peaches Geldof. <laughs> so that was That'll do. Cool. That'll do it. Um, but yeah, it was just amazing to. Uh, I mean, you like literally go to the top of a mountain and there's a big stage up there. That sounds like a good day it out. It just sounds like the most amazing yeah. thing. It, it was stunning and it, it just blew your and you mind. And you can snowboard around the stage and stuff or? Yeah, I mean, there's there's like, a, the, you know, there's a crowd in front of you, like what you hope. <laughs> so there, there was like quite a, quite a hefty crowd really. Yeah. It was Is there good. music on all day or do they yeah, wait for yeah. everyone to do their sn- skiing and snowboarding and then, um, and then it starts at like four or five? Yeah, the, no, there's, there's this kind of, it's like a festival vibe all, all day really right. uh, and and the, the positioning of that stage with the festival thing goes with like some of the I guess like the learning slopes right. <laughs> so, so for like people to have a go. Um, and then there was other events for you know, like pro snowboarders doing like tricks and stuff like that. So there was like big shows on and stuff. So it it was incredible. I mean, there was there was a point where I just lost the plot completely because it you just stood on a stage and I, and I was fronting the band at the time, so I'm like singing, playing guitar, like thousand miles away from home, up a mountain, uh, and you could just see the Alps. Yeah. So if you ignore the people, you think 
Oh, that's, that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> and you like through the cloud line and stuff. It was like the, that, really I mean, high I'm, up. I'm desperately trying to get Andy into snowboarding. I've had a few lessons. Because I just think great, if we yeah, went yeah. to the Alps. That sounds ridiculous. I mean, that, I, I don't have to ski to go to that. I could just no, go to that. that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there, good to just you go. You forget to... until you get there. You don't realise <laughs> then you get there and you're in the mountains. Especially yeah, yeah. if you, like you've just said, like sometimes <clears> you can be above the cloud line. So you just, just clear skies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was about 30 minutes in a cable car to, yeah. to get up. Wow, oh, is it that high up, is it? Yeah, it's insane. Which resort was it? Insanely high. You remember? Uh, it was in uh, Meyerhofen. Meyerhofen, yeah. yeah. 30 it's minutes in a cable car. Absolutely that's a trick. beautiful. But the, uh, I mean, if you are going to go, sell a pet. Get them, get them, get them. Yeah. Because I had nappy rash, essentially, from wow. falling on my arse all day. Wow. So having a wet arse and then going back to Salzburg and having it heated up because it was hot. <laughs> so we, we did the Sound of Music tour, uh, plastered with nappy rash wow. uh, in my 20s wow. in Salzburg. It was great. <laughs> well, that's right. what happened to me with my lessons. Skipping across was just, bridges. was So what I want to now get into is where did the production side come in? Because that's obviously what you do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. When, when did you, you mentioned that you had some, some sort of way of recording the band it must have started yeah there. sure yeah yeah so so i mean i had <clears throat> had that method of doing it but because it was doing like more like rock stuff i guess uh there was uh, there was a few jobs that i did where uh, i produced some like singer songwriters people so because i couldn't play drums and there was no budget or gear for recording a drummer i would get like sample cds and stuff like that so like the first first album I recorded was with a free bit of software which was on the front of a magazine, uh, on my mum and dad's computer like while they went on holiday. <laughs> what computer would that have been? Just a, a bog standard PC. Just a bog standard family PC. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and it was uh, it was great, and it, and it, you know I mean I've like listened to it fairly recently, and it's it's a great sounding album. <laughs> sounds sounds up. good. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it really worked. So we were using, like, stock drum loops and stuff like that. This yeah. is kind of around the Alanis Morissette, Sheryl Crow kind of era. So it was very, like, loopy kind of, like, sounding music. Uh, so, yeah, so it was just adding guitars and bass and, like, little bits of keys. But nothing, like, sequenced. So there was, you had to play everything live. Uh, there, there was n no function for, like, MIDI recording you couldn't do four bars and then loop <clears throat> no no okay no 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 so it was a it was a case so it was of just like, basically like a tape recorder <coughs> yeah very, very much so yeah almost. you could add effects and stuff like that and, and and the drum loops you got you could like obviously copy and paste those uh but the audio side was you've just got to get it right for four minutes or whatever it was or you know if you cock up to do another track and desperately try and get through this thing uh, but it's great, yeah. We spent about four or five days just recording this album, so it's like a 13, 14 track album or something. It's great. For, uh, so, so the girl who uh, the the girl who sang in it was actually a guitar student of mine, who was incredibly shy, and she said, "I write songs." I was like, "I do." That's great. <laughs> uh, because loads of students go, I write yeah, songs. Of course, and yeah. then you listen to them and you go, hey, please don't. Because <laughs> uh, they were dreadful. <laughs> and, and, and she gave me a cassette. Uh, and it was just unbelievable. I was like, oh, wow, you've got like an incredible voice. So I sort of championed her a little bit. And uh, 
she's you know she's a fantastic person and a brilliant brilliant songwriter she's she's really like out of that kind of Joni Mitchell kind okay. of uh, kind of mold um, you know so she'll sit there with a the guitar and just entertain you all night which I love people like that yeah. I, I can't do I don't have that facility in me for some reason um, but she did uh, and it was great she still writes now but I mean now she, she's actually a TV director now so she uh, she uh, directs country file and stuff like that oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah she's she's ace but um, you know I don't, I don't think she believed in herself enough mm. which was which was a bit sad really because she was just a common, fabulous a common problem yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, it's a shame uh, I think Musicians are so incredibly insecure. It's unbelievable. Where we live, England is very, you can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's too hard. Very pessimistic. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. When we interviewed Chris, and he was like, Chris uh, is an actor in Hollywood. Yeah. And he said the difference between being in LA and being in, in England is you can't yeah. do it. Just look, don't bother. You'll never, it'll never work. Whereas in, in America, it's like, do it. Yeah, do, it, so do it now. Yeah, it's a dream. And passion and stuff is championed over there. Yeah, of course. Right? It, and, yeah. and it's looked at. Quashed over there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah which, you know, which is a real shame. Um, you know, and you, there's there's an awful lot of people that you bump into over the years who are just amazing. Mm. You know, some of the most amazing musicians I've ever met are. Yeah. Oh, from the UK? Out in the UK, it's just yeah, full of yeah. pure raw but, talent. But they're not musicians. They're not workers, is it? Mm. Like, worker h samuels <laughs> why nothing wrong the... with working for anyone listening at h samuel uh, you guys do there provide is, a very very good service and other jewelers are available uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> box is a belter yeah um, <laughs> might get a lot of jewelry you, know, you got your little tie up with beaverbrook yeah. <laughs> so ernest jones i've got my watch so if you're listening big up to ernest jones give me a discount rolex are my favorite jewelers yes. um, <laughs> so can i we kind of have you. You've got another question because well, I'm, I'm going along this line. So the production thing is fascinating to me because yeah, you, yeah. you uh, at some stages you give up playing and and get like a yeah. It was uh, it was really like the <laughs> the gig in Austria was the kind of the moment I thought okay I think this is it for me. This is this is good enough a memory for me to go. It's fine. No way. Because I didn't think we were going to go any further than that. There was, uh, you know, we all got on well. Why did you think that rather than, wow, this is the thing that's (laughs) going to get us there? Yeah, it was uh, interesting. I had two kids by this point as well. And there was there was definitely a a point on on that stage where, you know, once I'd gotten over the that's the Alps (laughs) thing. Where we were coming towards the end of the set, and uh, and I just thought I really miss my kids, oh. and, and I I don't think I could do this, this all the time. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so that was kind of kind of it. And the the next gig we did uh, after that one was like this empty boozer in altering him <laughs> uh, and it was like they can't all be winners michael you know? no no so, so in my head the last gig was austria it wasn't really, but it wasn't yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah. you had an epiphany on stage basically yeah a little bit yeah it was uh, you know and it was nothing to do with like you know being a grown-up or anything it was like literally just missing my kids mm. and i thought well you know, if this actually did go somewhere, I, I would just never see them. You'd be traveling the world and, yeah, you'd see yeah. them probably two weeks you know, a year. I mean, not that there was, like, <laughs> any sight of that anyway, but uh, 
but it was good you know it was a good enough experience to go mm. right this is pretty cool you know I, I feel like you know as, as someone who gets in a rock band and wants to do something this like ticks a pretty good box this to say yeah well you know this is what daddy did and this is good <laughs> enough. this is good enough so yeah, do you, you, absolutely. You, you come back and obviously reflect on that and you think do you yeah. know what that's not for me anymore and then do you decide to decide to do what you're now doing yeah absolutely yeah so so kind of like uh film music had always gone through my life completely you know um just a, because of the time of it, it was like the era of John Williams and it was, you know, it's all Spielberg stuff and, you know, it was all about Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Jaws and stuff like that. You know, we had the soundtracks, there's one there. <laughs> the, the, they're making a, a new Indiana Jones. Uh, they are, yeah. Out in yeah. a couple of years. Excited to see that. be yeah. insane. <laughs> to, uh, certainly to and obviously see. you're into horror, so you John Carpenter with the Halloween yeah, film and all that uh, sort of stuff. Which, which is just amazing. I mean, it, it sounded so accessible. John Williams never did. I thought, hey, you know, I'm not, I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, but the more I listened to it, the more I thought, oh, okay, well, I might actually be able to do this because I could. There was a, when I've talked to people about it before, I've sort of described it as like three dimensional listening, where you could, and it, and it's just something I've been able to do, and I and I think it's because of how I learned to play guitar and stuff like that. It's it's almost like a uh, like a mental mixing desk. So I could listen to a track and I could just dial down everything else apart from the thing I really want to hear. And just listen to it so you could put a, you know you could put a song on it and i could just listen to just the hi-hat all the way through and forget everything else doesn't that's, matter that's and, it skill, just, yeah. and it just gets dulled down but if you apply that to an orchestra then you start to discover all these tiny little intricacies mm. which are happening everywhere and it, and it becomes a little bit more understandable you know no, i'm like no way have that kind of <laughs> ability of someone like that but it's you know when you listen to something you go okay what I get it because there's plenty of music I don't get, you know. When you, I mean, there's some people I, I see play, you think, <laughs> I <have> no idea <laughs> what that is. <laughs> it sounds great. Mm. Have it, enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something now because I've always thought this. Um, does that having that ability, yeah, yeah, to critique and to pick out different bits, yeah, does that ruin? your enjoyment of listening to music to a certain extent <coughs> uh, because you're going really yeah you're, you're breaking so it down yeah that's so obvious what he's done there he could have gone here do you know what i mean it, it does in a Where funny it, way because if there's if there's songs you know like that i mean i love queen they were like such a big part of my you know and i listen to them now um but i don't learn any of it because i don't want to I don't want to demystify it. Okay, I get that. I don't, I don't want to learn my favourite song and go, oh, what? <laughs> is it, is you don't want to be disappointed by maybe, yeah. Yeah, so. You're so, safe with Beaming Rhapsody because it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I it's incredible. Put, you've I, mean, I was that. like totally interested in yeah, how yeah, it was yeah. put together anyway. But, um, but yeah, you know, songs that I really love, I don't learn. I just enjoy them for what they are. Mm. And, and that's and I, I, I think it's I, cool I don't that you've made that. I'll play it. <laughs> you've identified that in your head. Yeah, because there has been times where you you've sort of got inside a track and you thought, oh, it's like this is like so straightforward in it, mm. and it, and it's it's not that that is a bad thing. I mean, like simplicity is just incredible sometimes. Mm. Um, we were <laughs> we were listening to um, single ladies Beyonce the other night, 
That's like just a, a loop, isn't it? Basically. It's great, yeah. Remove all the vocals from it and listen to that track. There is nothing happening in there. Mm. Nothing. Dun, dun, but it's dun, such a dun, great dun, song. It's, a great song. <laughs> yeah. it's a great song. The production's gone that way re- uh, recently. Yeah, yeah. It's just so basic. I mean, it's very much yeah. like, I mean, Prince back in the 80s where yeah, the, he was yeah, sending yeah. the tracks to the record company and they were going, yeah, it'd be great when it's finished. And he's like, no, that's well, finished. He never played yeah. bass. There was no bass on his songs, yeah. was no, there? there was no, he, he did play bass, but there was no bass on When the Doves Cry, and they sent him it back and go, yeah, put the rest of the stuff on. And he was like, no, that's it. That's it, yeah. That's it, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, uh, it's a now good, uh, that's It's a good thing. radio trick, that, as well. It was, uh, I remember reading an interview with, um, it was uh, from the Stock Aiken and Waterman lot when they were, uh, they would purposely produce things with less bass because you could play it louder on radio. Right. Wow. So they could master it much louder because it wouldn't take up that kind of headroom. Yeah. Uh, so if you listen to like early Kylie stuff. <laughs> it came on the jukebox louder than everything else. Is that yeah, what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. So there's an o- Oasis so, thing about that. I so think Oasis. everything would appear louder because of the lack of bottom end in it. I think so Oasis is a good track. track. <laughs> to make sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and in, and in production, you would do little tricks like that as well. You just like pump the volume of the chorus just a little bit, mm. just a tiny little bit. You know, and it's, it, and a lot of it is, you know, and this kind of extends to this kind of like TV-ish so music is it, it is sort of like reading the emotions of your watcher and, and try to like ride, ride through the Okay, that, <laughs> so that, how did that happen? So we, you've gone to, from finishing to, right, I'm going to just write stuff. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. writing for TV. How do you, you know, if I was if I was listening to this, <clears throat> I was like, oh, I'd I'd like to do that. I'm a young person. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. How do you get into that? How do you even start? So it it, it was really like it kind of stemmed from just getting like a series of sounds uh, that were pretty good, like fairly good kind of orchestral sounds, which I thought, all right, these are okay. They'll they'll do. Uh, and then I uh, there was like a friend of ours who was thinking of doing a film and they wanted some music for it. it was like a musical kind of thing um but they were going to shoot it on film so so i wrote some tracks for them and started in you know really listening to samples and stuff like that and getting this early exposure of that whatever technology was available which was very little really um but that was you know for like years and years all i did was write these things for pleasure i'd like hear something and go that's amazing. Could I write something like that and have a go and think, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so you built up this library of stuff, which, which did nothing. Yeah, that's Absolutely great. nothing. But it's you learning your craft. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Songwriters always say, just, just, how do you get into it? Just write. Keep writing. And all the songs yeah, are yeah, crap yeah. until yeah. they stop getting good because you've yeah. written that many. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what you were doing at that, that yeah. stage. Yeah. I remember hearing that it was like Elton John had said something, like some interviewer said to him, he says, how, how do you write hit after hit? He says, I don't. He says, you don't hear 99 pieces of trash. So how does a piece of music come to you? Does it come to you in a dream? Are you driving down the road and you hear something? Or is um, it just... It's, it's usually when you've got no access to any instruments. Right, okay. So like, you know, you've just decided to go to bed. You're like in Tesco. Be- <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's when there is there is no instruments anyway. You think, ah, oh, Christ. But it can come from a conversation with someone or seeing a bit of footage or or anything. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I've just come off doing this documentary and, you know, from the chat with the director, so we had like a half-hour chat on the phone, 
I, I knew what the first piece of music would be, so I could just come down here and, and start writing it because I heard it as we were talking about what they'd shot. Wow. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's like a you know I mean it sounds like voodooish or something, <laughs> but but it, it's not. It's just it it just happens. And it, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a great piece of music. You know, I mean, I mean, but it's a good starting point. But it's a great point, yeah. And I, and I think if you can, if you can kind of think in that mindset, then you can, you can kind of approach. Because really some of the stuff really you do is, is very diverse and different. I mean, I've got yeah, a couple of examples here. Yeah. Right to play one of these. So yeah. the first one is an advert for um, a fashion company, but it's very, it's <laughs> yeah. very. Very, world, baby. Yeah, it's very, it's very <laughs> poppy. It's very guitar-y. It's yeah. almost like teenage kind of bubblegum type yep. music, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, of course, yeah. They have the latest looks for me and my family all in one place. So I can relax and get everything I need at fashionworld.co.uk. You know, it's, it's guitar-y. Hello, everybody. I'm happy. <laughs> and then the next one is for Jamestown, which is it a yeah, Sky yeah. TV show. And this yep. is just like... We are building a new so two completely different sounds yeah, yeah. there and then obviously the the better singing from you as well mike we've got that here we're allowed oh, to play yeah that. yeah my horrific <laughs> which is from a very current though, yeah you've used the autotune as, as an instrument yes yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not because i've required i thought this <laughs> sounded no, 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 i understand that yeah, but yeah. It, the autotune's an instrument it's not it's, necessarily it's, and that's yeah. how they all use it now yeah, if you if you like push it quite yeah. hard, yeah. Yeah. so you, it's you very actually try to tune. It's very 1975, I thought. Yeah. Now that we're playing this, do we have to give you some money? No, <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> and, and if you did, it would be a fraction of a pence. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So three completely different um, yeah. pieces of music from the from the uh, one more night, Jamestown to Fashion World. So. Again, how does that just come to you? The, the guitar riff was that just something you've had in your library in your head before, or for the uh, for the fashion world thing? Yeah. So I mean, if uh, see, this will translate strangely audio-wise, but I can show you what they sent to me. Okay, so they send you a rough idea of. Yeah, so it's so it's via, via my music publishers, so that they got the they were asked if they can get someone to write some music for it. So the the production company. Had, created this advert already uh and put a temp track on it so they, they'd found a piece of music that they wanted but they couldn't afford okay <laughs> so they so they temp it up with a piece of music uh and that gives you like your clue as that what, was one of my questions so when you you get something how, do, how what does spec sheet sounds like look like is it like we want it to sound like uptown funk yeah yeah is it yeah, basically like that? yeah yeah you'll you'll get an awful lot of like little pointers of uh, you know certain tracks to listen to like you know have a listen to this which I hate doing I was going to say so yeah. is that more restri- I know they all do it is that more restrictive or is it helpful because <laughs> um, they're doing pop music now as well don't they like my um, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll listen to stuff once and then desperately try and try forget, and forget. It. <laughs> because it is, it is so easy to parody something so close that mm. it becomes illegal uh, <laughs> so uh, but yeah so uh I mean, you, you've just played the completed advert, so this is what I... Shopping at Fashion World gives me more time to do the things I love. They have the latest books for me and my family all in one place. So I can relax knowing I can get everything I need with free delivery and 30% of my first credit order. Representative 58.7% APR variable. Fashion World.co.uk. Life made more. 
So that's what I got sent. Okay. Uh, so what I've got up here is all the different versions it went through until it got to the final version. Wow. Uh, so what happens then is they, you know, you you try and just get the tempo of it more than anything, uh, and and it's it's more about looking at the, it's it's not the notes they've used, it's the tonal palette that they've created. So it's like okay, so it's like upbeat poppy guitar based yep. stuff. It's like that vocal hook thing which sits with it. So, you know. Uh, so with someone who's going to write something bespoke for it, you think, okay, it's trying to identify all the things they liked about that track. Yeah. And, and then give them something which is not Different, that track. <laughs> has all those elements. Dissecting it and, and trying yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. So, so this was like version one. A bit disco -y. Nice. <laughs> vocal in there with a, like a weird sort of filter on it bam, um, bam, bam. oh no it's just me singing. is that your shit? yeah yeah it's yeah. just like stacked like okay. a, a number of times so so you kind of like send that one off to them and you wait for a bit of feedback i mean the the turnaround times are usually minute i mean this all happened within the space of a, probably about 72 hours or wow. something like that Bloody hell. Uh, and then it was like on tv <laughs> it was like just done and on uh so you send that to them, they go, okay, all right, we, we like that, we like that, we don't like this. Uh, so then you hit them with a different version. So, oh, yeah, so that's way actually, stripped, that, they, isn't it? They didn't like it so much that I went for something completely different. Right. <laughs> uh, but also, this, because it's a TV, uh, TV ad, it's going to have a lot of voiceover stuff. Mm. So, so we knew the voiceover was happening throughout it. So it needed to create some gaps in the music so they... So the voice would speak, work. Yeah. You know, if you were singing all the way through, it just you would get confused as yep. to what on earth it was. So, um, voice so I just put yeah. spaces in it. I can play that. <laughs> I can play that. A gig is a tune. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think they liked it because it it went back to this again. Right. <laughs> I'm singing this all day now. Yeah. So they wanted a bit of a melody thing happening. So so it all kind of like carried on that way for for a little bit, and then you know, oh, that's they're probably in a funny order on here. <laughs> Oh no, yeah. So we went back to that other idea because everyone thought, "Oh no, actually, no, we do like what you did." I don't. I know you've gone and written us another version, but we did like that other version. So you go back to it again. So it was, you know, like make it a bit airier and stick a bit more vocal stuff in it, and uh, um, Changed again now, it's different vocal melody. Different vocal, yeah, you can hear that. And there's something extra going on with the kit at the end of it. The kind of at, the, at this point, it was all like 
it, it was sounded a bit too TV. <laughs> uh, which, you know, the, there's like a love-hate relationship with it. There's, you know, like the ads which have like a an actual track on it, which has, you know, just been licensed from right. whatever artist. They're, they're great and people kind of aspire to that kind of writing. But um, when you bespoke write for something, you know, particularly like a catalogue or something, I mean, it's not, you know, we're, we're not like winning any Grammys for anything, <laughs> <laughs> for innovation or anything. Uh, but it's um, it's got this slightly cheesy rind to it yeah. which it, which is hard to get it's got to be catchy hasn't it i suppose yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh, so now we go back <laughs> that's back to the first one the first yeah, ever one yeah. Yeah, yeah which is interesting because that's the one they've heard the most yeah yeah so in their head they're like yeah. do you know what i quite like that one now again because it, they're just familiar with it yeah you know what i mean so, so the I mean, Sometimes you get through something, and when you get to the end of the job, you go, "Oh, that's what was bothering you all the time. It wasn't, it wasn't anything happening in the front of the track, and it wasn't an instrumentation thing. It was, it was the ending was cheesy." And it's awful. So it's still there for that. So there was probably some. Got me humming this all day. Yeah. And yeah, buying stuff from the website as well. Happening there. Oh, yeah, don't buy those bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. All right, so it's getting very close to the final version now. So, <laughs> so I mean, and, you know, and remember, this is like just hours and hours, really. It's, you know, so it's recording something, changing elements within it. Sending it back to him, just sending him like an MP3 on an email. So you record okay, it, send it, they send it back, you record it, send it. Well, yeah, that is. So, so uh, but it's also going through several people. So it goes to my publisher, publisher sends it to the ad, uh, ad agency, and then the, uh, I'm assuming like there's some dude at Fashion World HQ who yeah. also have a listen to this as well. Probably some marketing director somewhere who probably has like no idea how to get a tune out of anything but like is <laughs> knows what he likes yeah for, yeah for what he's trying to achieve yeah yeah because because quite often i mean you know sometimes you can encounter people who like desperately try and play producer and it's mm. uh you know there's a lot of people who know where to when to step back and go okay i trust you to do this you know and through conversations with people that you can reassure them you know if you if you're approaching a new job and you're just asking question upon question upon question, then I wouldn't think that that person really knew what they were doing. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I want that person to be giving me the answers, the, the answers I never knew were right. <laughs> you know, so that so there's a little change going on at the ending, which stops it being so cheesy. a little descending guitar yeah. line which came in so i think they liked that so we ended up pushing that a little bit harder <laughs> i'm into it my favorite thing is the uh the falls on the down <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Right, so that's kind of like cut off a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, we we finally got to the TV version, which, which is this one. Here. It's a lengthy process, isn't it? Sadly, with no vocals on. There's <laughs> been the vocals <laughs> in there. Yeah, they killed all my beautiful vocals. I was really trying to push it because it was on every single version up to then. <laughs> and, I, and I think someone just said, just tell him to not sing. <laughs> and we'll be fine. <laughs> I think there's a tiny bit somewhere. You can still hear it. <laughs> There's a little Hammond organ in there as well, a little cheeky Hammond, <laughs> which is nice, which you can't hear on the advert at all. <laughs> but it's uh, so it's a lengthy process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Very unforgiving process. It's, it's lengthy but incredibly compact, and and you just can't be precious about anything at all. You know, they. Yep. It's not personal, is it? It's just. No, not at all. You know, and and whatever, you know. I mean, I've, I've done tracks like production tracks, and I. And th- and they've requested things, so I just say no. That's not right. <laughs> like, it's not right. Like this version is the best version. You know, you you don't want. So do you do you do you air those grievances <laughs> to your publisher and the, the, no, do they then all. go? <laughs> do they then go? Just keep just keep mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, essentially, like you know, I mean, my publisher's like getting stuff on TV all the time for me. So there's, you know, I mean, there's. I don't know. I mean, I think out of all the music that I've supplied, 95% of it is broadcasted, like, Ooh. at the moment. Like, it's just out there all the time. And, and quite often you've got no idea what it's been played on until you get it back. Because I, I don't watch TV So that anyway. <laughs> leads me on to the PRS thing. Can you, like, yeah, explain yeah. how PRS works for someone who doesn't know yeah, how so it they, works? Yeah, so, like, the, the publishing deals are... Uh, like they will sound incredibly brutal. They take fifty percent of your royalties. It's like fairly standard, really. Um, plus, there with my publisher, and there's an awful lot. There's a bit of a trend in this actually, there where there's uh, there's quite often no fees for actually writing stuff. So if I'm writing library music, it's for free. There's nothing. Nobody pays me to write it at all. But I know that. They like what I do, and they'll push it actively to be on different shows and stuff like that. So they only so, pay if it gets used. They don't. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So there's, so there is like nothing in it until it's broadcast. But because it's been broadcast in really great places, mm. then uh, then you find you've got to kind of trust that uh, that that happens. You know, it doesn't always happen, and sometimes it takes years. And, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, you're using that track? Okay. <laughs> I can that, imagine that's, yeah. That, that's fine. And they, like the, the Sky Living thing that I, I showed you earlier is a, like a great example of that because it, was, it, it wasn't actually even written for the publisher. It was going to do a little electronic kind of piano album like just for myself and like just self-release it or something like that. But uh, it, it sounded like a bit too much hard work. So I thought, I'll just give it to the publisher. <laughs> Uh, so I, th- I think I wrote about eight tracks or something. Just, mm. just have that. Forget it about it. Yeah, yeah, and just forget about it. Move on to the next thing, and, th- and then all of a sudden it ends up on this ad, which just runs and runs and runs and runs, and it accumulates like a pretty huge amount of money, really. 
you know, is is very good as a return, and it's, and it, you know, and and as a royalty return, it's kind of like right up there with like writing a TV show or something like that. It's what are you working on at the minute? Have you, have you on something new at the minute or? Uh, yeah, so I've just finished this Chernobyl documentary. You mentioned that on the phone, yeah. Which is uh, which was harrowing and awful to <laughs> sit through. It was really so you terrible. you sit through the the TV program and then write yeah, so, so after I had you've all watched the footage, it. Um, so that, you know I could bring it all up on on screen and then like have a good idea of where the music should sit. And it it was kind of like quite because it's not a dramatic piece; it's a factual piece. So that there wasn't. There wasn't an awful lot of like having a hit specific. You don't have to emote. And stuff you have like to, the people watching don't have to emote. It's yeah, so much factual. And it, and, it, and it was just to give like a a feel about things really, and um, you know, like the the design of it was something which I I really love the sound of. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll kind of like play what goes through my head. Oh, I'd I, love to hear that when I do it. So so if you've just got like a regular piano sound, it's it's just a piano. So what I try and do is like bring up a sound which is like slightly more interesting. It's got a bit of depth and thought to it. Oh my! But then also because it was, you know, even with like the nice pieces which are involved in it, because it was, you know, the film was like had a bit of hope with it. Um, So it was. uh, you know, so it's like fairly positive music in some points, but there's also this like total undercurrent of something really horrible had, had happened. So, so what are you changing on the screen there? You're changing the sound of the piano. Yeah. So, well, I'm do- what I'm doing is so I've just brought up like one piano sound. So it's it's a heavily felted piano. So it's, it's a piano with like loads of material inside okay. it to like just kind of duff it out a little bit. Uh, and it's also got a massive reverb because massive reverb just sounds great on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from pop songs, it sounds bloody awful. Uh, so what I tend to do is like when I'm writing stuff, I would then combine that with another sound uh, as well, just to like get a bit of a. Ooh. So it's like quite a hideous sound, a metallic really. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! With this undercurrent of beauty. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like that. There's a juxtaposition going on there, which is really cool. Beautiful, isn't it? Wow. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite like a hideous sound, really. When you know, if you remove the piano out of it, it's awful. You know, but awfully beautiful. <laughs> Haunting. Yeah. And uh, and it's just a you know, it's a bunch of string players with an awful lot of reverb like playing right behind them bridge of the instrument so it's like this when when can we hope to see that on the tv is that coming out this year or um i know it's doing some like festival stuff at the moment um right. so that they're, they're probably like seeking distribution or something okay like that. um I, I think the entire project was like bankrolled by a charity who go out there and work um so i, I think they're using 
a lot of it for their like mm. own kind of promotional yeah. kind of uh, stuff okay. but, you know promotion in the the good way <laughs> um so yeah you know so you you kind of start off with something like that and then just start to make additions to it you know when you come up with melody and stuff like that you just start to insert those but uh, you know I, I quite like getting like a great big collection of sounds like all together like all at the same time and that <laughs> doing there you know but if i play what i Pretty actually just played yeah. then simple but amazing <laughs> yeah yeah See, the, the, the you know, technology like, nowadays mike it's you've just basically recreate, recreated just beautiful yeah yeah absolutely you know like you can, on, whereas back in the day like the beatles or whatever they'd have abbey road one booked out with a big yeah, yeah. 40 <laughs> You know, and it's it, it's like kind of quite easy to start. Wow, enigma uh, building up. Enigma. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was that? Saying? Sadness part. Sadness. Sadness. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's like a million and one different sounds that you can use, but but it's all about you know when I spoke to the director about it, it was it was creating like a, there was a palette of sounds that i used for the entire thing so it was always going back to the same instruments yep. again there was uh cello which kind of led most of the stuff wow. you know it's so a really it's beautiful sound and it's you know it, because there was i think i had like six days to do the whole thing or something so it, it was about 28 minutes of music in that reminds days. me where i heard i mentioned to you before about the french horn i heard that in one of your pieces it was yeah. from from das boot Oh, that's good. There was a, yeah, a wonderful, yeah. I think it's a French horn or a clarinet type sound. It's yeah, I'm not sure. I've probably not got one in here at the moment, but there's like, yeah, there's like this just. <laughs> like that kind of like. Yes, giant that's frightening. Noise. Yeah. Gavin Jones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Like wow. nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and that that kind of stuff is like fairly easiest to put in and it's you know you, you're just relying on really great sounds like straight away you know and, that, and that, they're cool like really powerful sounds that's very powerful yeah but like you know years and years ago it's Awful, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it, was, it just yeah, wasn't there. Like, you got um, an alto sax sound. I want to, can you play a solo on an alto sax? I want to see what that sounds like. It all sounds crap. <laughs> well, that's that's what I want to ask you. I, I want to see what you. it sounds like. There, yeah, there's so there's like certain instruments that are what are you thinking? DJ sax, that, Mike that Langley. I, I just don't <laughs> think transfer like at all. Uh, sax definitely feels strings are okay because the. You wouldn't yeah, hear the, this, the transition between each note on the keyboard. Yeah, guess, there's, there's kind of like certain certain instruments just work well. They they kind of like you know adhere themselves to be played that way, and it uh, and it's absolutely fine. I've just I've got like a million tracks out of here. I'll find out where <laughs> it is. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, saxes are like, they're kind of like one of the hardest ones. I Things think, that they just to, can't to quite re recreate. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it tends to be things where it's it's the the way it's physically played because it's blown and you're hitting instead it's it just doesn't translate so like so some control comes from the blowing and some from the yeah i mean i mean you know that i kind of think like most instruments like you smack in some way <laughs> translate really beautifully because i mean that you know the strings are like very good but they're not like real strings there's a distinct mm. difference you know um and you know I, I can play sort of like the difference between those two in a minute um last horns uh what what kind of sax did you want I'll just I'll sorry. I, I, i'm putting you on your spot here and you we've had no prep for this no so yeah i was fascinated because obviously I, we have a sax in the band so i wanted yeah, to see yeah yeah see <laughs> yeah it's, it's almost got a piano b flat was that combined with it at the moment yeah, I mean, awful. <laughs> sounds like a, it sounds like a clarinet more than, or does it? No. It's a bit. Yeah, it is, yeah, it's yeah. A bit can you can you play kongs? Look at that vibrato! It's so unnatural. No human has ever played like that. <laughs> ever in the history of anything. Shall we move on to your music choices? Yeah. Because we, we always ask our guests to pick um, three songs which, not inspire them, but just three songs they like. It's probably the hardest thing to do, especially for someone like yourself who's... It's hideous. It's taken me about three weeks. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I, I, I had the... I'm not happy. No, you're, we, we, we have this all the time. So we did it. The first ever one, we did it for each other. Oh, and it took me two days. And yeah. I could. I, and he was hassling me going, we need, I need your song choices. I need your song I'm... I rationaled it round. I'll pick my four favourite artists and my four <laughs> favourite songs from those artists. But the next day it would have been different, and I'm guessing yeah, it would have absolutely. been the same for you. Yeah, yeah, because I, I kind of don't have a. So your first choice. Is, yeah, is, so, my, so my first is. Uh, so it was kind of like a bit of a pivotal point in my life, and it's and it's kind of where, like, film music really like embedded in my head as something. Well, maybe I could have a go at this. Uh, so it was uh, Danny Elfman's. Uh, Batman uh, that he did for uh, Tim Burton in the, I don't even know what year it was like 89 I think is it 89 there you go there he is well researched uh, and it kind of coincided with like the first little bits of sequencer that I had to go at and th they had a few string sounds on it and a few like orchestral noises and I thought oh maybe I can have a go at this and I sort of like got it a bit and it's um you know, I mean, Danny Elfman is just amazing. Anyway, he's uh, he's brilliant. He's got a, you know, he's got such a distinct voice as well. He's just incredible. Well, for those who who are not familiar with the tune, let's give it a quick blast. Get with the dance. <laughs> Very, very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And I got some notes here. According to um, uh, the special edition of the Batman DVD, uh, Elfman said that the producer, John Peters, wasn't sure about him being a composer for yeah, that film. Yeah, yeah. 
until Tim Burton brought him in, sat him down and said, just have a listen to this. And yeah, they played, and they I mean, played that. Like, you know, El- Elfman didn't really have a, like a pedigree of doing really major movies by this point. He'd, he'd done like Pee-wee's Big Adventure or something. Really? With, with Tim Burton. Yeah, he'd hardly done anything. But it was all, you know, everything was due to his relationship with Timmy. You know, he knew he could deliver. Tim Burton's like that, though. He uses the same yeah, people yeah, all absolutely. the time, doesn't he? he he's got his, his stable, as it were, almost. Yeah. And I think if, you know, people can... It's understanding a musician, I guess, and, and how they would function, you know, just because he did this light-hearted nonsense and he was in like a rock band before before and like oingo boingo uh, the <laughs> yeah. Band. Uh, yeah, they did uh, like weird science weird science yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's them so that's which them. i love by the way and, and i love that tune movie. as well <laughs> some great music in there but it's, got, it's a song yeah. by max carl in there we would yeah, never heard yeah. of called the circle which is really good uh, it's, just yeah it's just a man just going back to I, I love all that that um sort of um what's his name john williams no, no, the guy who who did all those films at that time. The we mentioned him on the Big Society podcast. Uh, oh, killing me. Uh, Breakfast Club and oh, oh God. Uh, yeah, uh, Jesus, I really want to say John Peters, but it's not John Peters, is it? Um, yeah, I know he was. <laughs> John, let's call him Big John. Big, uh, anyway, um, he did, like, yeah, uh, Ferris Bueller and stuff. Is yeah, he, I mean, the music is all very, very of oh, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that thing in which I love all that music. <laughs> Just going back to the Batman thing. So that's that's early Batman. Yeah, yeah. it's the first. That's the, that's the movie. Sorry to interrupt. Batman, is when Michael Keaton goes, "I'm Batman." Yes. And that's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So let's fast forward. I don't know how it must be at least ten, maybe fifteen years to yeah, the yeah. Dark Knight series. Yeah, yeah. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight uh, Returns, or Rises, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The music from that, the score from that, is very, very dark. dark. And Hans Zimmerman, did, isn't did it? Did that? Yeah. I hear a lot of that in scores nowadays. And yeah. did that change? Do you feel like that changed? And is, is the relationship with that and the the Bourne series because that score is very yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that the, you know, it was a John Powell did the the Bourne stuff, who's fantastic. But but also, you know, you wouldn't, you know, kind of as an outsider, you probably wouldn't put John Powell with Kung Fu Panda, and uh, the How to Train Your Dragon series. Right. He's all John yeah. Powell and stuff, and you you think, oh, really? Okay, he's like an action guy, you know? So no, <laughs> he's like you know, because he's, it's just a language. And, and it's you know uh, it's, it's a language you learn to speak and play uh, and every different style of music is just a, an accent it's just a beautiful accent. way of putting it yeah that's, that's all it is because the ingredients are identical you know mm-hmm. I, could, I could give you a guitar and you could play a classical piece a jazz piece a flamenco piece a country song anything it's because we're all using exactly the same language it's just the accent is different that's, mm-hmm. that, that's all it is mm-hmm. um and I think once you understand that, you can kind of understand how musicians could just like write mm. whatever the hell they like, because it's it's just about you know. I mean, I mean, I did like a, a country album a bit ago for for Sky. It was like, but um, not country as in uh, <coughs> you know lap steels and romantic songs, but like proper like hillbilly kind of banjo fiddles and and I, like it was awful stuff. <laughs> but, but but they they loved it. Uh, because they contacted me and say, oh, you know how to write country stuff, don't you? And, and you know, you just say, yeah. Well, of course I don't. You. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, 
but you just go and research it. Yeah, cool. Because it's just a language. You go, okay, all right. So and and you try to find uh, little common themes which pop up all the time, little riffs which are played. Yeah. You think, okay, all right, I can probably just pull something cool. together here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I ended up just doing a bunch of tracks. Like some of them were uh, uh, slightly more serious, I guess. Uh, but then some of them were just ridiculous, like ridiculous, like, like comedy a pastiche songs. Pastiche almost of yeah, what everyone uh, thinks country songs. Oh are. yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know it's just doing an impression of yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was used as trailers for South Park on Comedy Central. Right. Like, Brilliant. Played a few times, uh, but it's you know it's just nonsense stuff. <laughs> you know, there's there's no substance in it like whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but it's good fun. Uh, oh, my, my wife thought I'd like literally gone mad because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she could hear me like yeah. just what is he doing what down there what are you doing, doing down there hey <laughs> you know like pig, pig squealing and all sorts oh there was also like <laughs> because there was a few of the tracks like right before any kind of solos there'd be yeah <laughs> you're so good at that she'd be like what are you doing? Your your second song choice, we, we've mentioned it, and you've actually played a bit of this before, is uh, Queen's um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which oh, were, were an unusual song. Firstly, it's one of the rare songs that doesn't mention the song title in the song. Yeah, yeah. And it's also a very long song. Try make that right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very long song, yeah. and to me, it's like seven different songs in one, yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, was number one for nine weeks in 1976 and it was number one again for five weeks in 1991 when sadly uh, Freddie passed away and it's the UK's third best-selling single it wasn't appreciated when it came out I don't think no, yeah, no. not by really by the general I, public by the musician world I bet they were like yeah. oh musicians and existing fans <clears throat> and stuff yeah were like well even in the film it it kind of got discredited in the film. They weren't going to uh, let yeah, them release absolutely. it, and it was all a bit of nonsense. And it's uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was charting the Christmas I was born, and uh, mum and dad were big fans of it. And uh, th- this was by, like my Parkinson's story. You're the same age as me, aren't you? Forty-four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if, uh, I always thought if I ever get on Parkinson, I can tell them this story. This is uh, be amazing. Is that is that as I was being born, Bohemian Rhapsody was playing? Give over. Yeah, wow, great. it's a good story. <laughs> well, as I mentioned, I, I, I like to think the uh, well, not let it go. Yeah, yeah. Was like just coming out. <laughs> yeah. and then I, I, like, burst into maybe the it was world the Beelzebub bit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a quiz for you two guys. You can't look. So, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was the third best-selling single of all time in the UK. Yeah, care to have a guess at number one and two? Candle in the Wind and um, the. Uh, Robin, Hood. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right with Elton John. Uh, something about the way you look tonight with Candle in the Wind, but number two is not not Brian. Adams. It's not Brian. Adams. Is Brian Adams still number one? By the way, it's uh, all right. It must be. Um, I feel it in my fingers. Nope. No. Is it the Spice Girls? Or nope. Something like that? No. I thought you'd get that straight away. It's Band Aid, the original Band Aid. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I never liked that. Oh, I do. <laughs> the first one. Yeah, the first one's probably the best one. The, the last one they did was horrendous. Fun. With dizzy rascal people. Yeah, like it's, it's, oh, yeah. There's just no need for it. Never sounded authentic at all since no, they did no. the first version. John Hughes movie. John Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes. I had, oh, to Google, I had to Google it. it was killing me. I couldn't concentrate on anything else. We're not going to play Bohemian Rhapsody because we had a bit of it before. But your third song, we've already mentioned that as well. But I am going to play that because the guitar riff in this song is just incredible. 
a bit mosh into that. Stockport Rock. Uh, Stoke Rock. Yeah, yeah. So you, you touched uh, earlier about that song. So why have you picked that song? Why is that one of your favourites? That's because that's where it all started for you, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, certainly like a, uh, a guitar-based journey began with that. And, and kind of like everything sort of stems from the knowledge taken from learning how to play guitar. So it was, uh, you know, it was a real kind of like pivotal track, I guess. And, and most of the songs that I chose, like kind of, they're all circled around the same like few little years in my life really they're, you know there's they all kind of occur within like three years of each other really it's the only song on the album to feature a synthesizer as well since the keyboard a keyboard it's the only song to feature which i can't hear oh, when that's we, my when... falafel moment it's, it's, it's right it's is it towards intro. the end no no it's, it's uh at the intro so there's a there is, yeah. Which is played by Guns N' Roses synth. synth. Oh, I'm not yeah, ever yeah. going to get over that, am I? I don't know where. I, I don't know who played it. I, I wouldn't imagine any of them. It was probably the beginning of the end for Slash, I would think. Yeah. Slash <laughs> was, <laughs> and then and then he wasn't then a big fan. Orchestras on November Rain. I think that was the final yeah, score, wasn't it? He sort of had his day with all that. Yeah. He really. Uh, so was it, what bands? He, he was in Velvet. Uh, Velvet. Ooh, Revolver. Revolver. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Cool. Well. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm not finished. Are you not finished? Sorry, mate. I've got my stupid questions. <laughs> Gav likes his stupid questions. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Mike, uh, you can go for a meal yep. with what? a musician, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, my God. Oh, um, First thing that comes to your mind. I'm thinking on top of his computer there, if you look at the top of his computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Freddy, baby. Yeah, it's got to be Freddie Mercury. Freddie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, like, not for Tales of the Road or anything like that. I would, you know, I'd love to know, like, how he ticked. Like, how, how on earth he... He's come from classical background, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Which is why the, the songs are so beautiful, I think. And it's funny, you know, like, even, you know, it, like people like you you've met before who were like you know they have a love of opera rock music and stuff it just it, it filtered through his mind in a mm. totally different way and he was able yeah. to really grab onto those best bits and and put them out there and i'm just such a genius i mean that that queen vocal sound is just absolute precision in singing because it has that phasey chorusy quality because he's absolutely banged on top of himself mm, all yeah. the time that's you know there was no effects with that or anything it was just as it was i'm, I'm but, guessing yeah, yours would be genius. prince um yeah probably was. yeah yeah um okay so you can be the baddie i don't want to say the baddie <laughs> you can basically be a horror character who kills everyone which one would it be oh amazing uh freddie Every single time. Would it, be Freddy? Would it really? Absolutely. I was a massive fan of Freddy when I was a kid. Freddy who? Incredible. Freddy, um, Freddy Krueger, baby. Oh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was quite uh, up Freddy's there. amazing. The knives on the fingers. Yeah, yeah. I was like quite obsessed with him for quite a bit, really. But the, I was terrified by it. So my, my older brother uh, had a birthday party with some mates around and they watched the Nightmare on Elm Street. Terrifying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was about 10 oh, <laughs> or something, and it was just into, you know, I would never like, I mean, my son's 11, I wouldn't let him oh, no. that thing. 
<laughs> no it, way. it became a kind of corny, I think, after the first yeah, couple of films, didn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, no, I'm in, I'm into that. I like that. Uh, and my final question. <laughs> don't say Chris. This actually, I don't know whether it, oh, sorry, I'll just do it. <laughs> um, you're at your funeral. Oh my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just about to be cremated. What song's playing? Uh, Seaside Rendezvous by Queen. Yes, he had it. <laughs> Why he's got an answer straight away for a you've, question you've like that? You've thought about that already because I know yeah, which yeah, one it would be it's, for it's, me as well. To be fair, so it's been my tune for years. A friend of mine, uh, I don't lost, even know that song. A friend of mine lost his mother a couple of years ago, and we went to the funeral, and she was cremated, Manchester crematorium. And as the curtains closed, it was a very sad moment. But he picked the music which she wanted, which was uh, Elvis "Burning Love." Yes. And I could Mate. see he was laughing, not laughing though, he was smiling and it was just, yeah. It was I wonder how many people have had Disco Inferno. Wow. Disco <laughs> 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 uh, Well, Mike, thank you very, very much. I've been jo- I've loved that. It's been a pleasure to, to, to talk to you, to meet you again and just watch your your craft on your keyboard and, and all the instruments in this room. It's, it's I love that sort of thing. The, the, the way music's built and created and yeah, awesome. Yeah, Fair yeah. play to you, man. Thank you.